Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. It's all your podcast, baby. What antiques do we talk about this week? As you're aware, I've been working on revamping my apartment. You have. You have been furniture shopping. I have. And you know what I always say is that secondhand is best. So in addition to hitting up my local thrift and antique shops, I've been going on the creature which has unfortunately seemed to completely supplant Craigslist, the old Facebook marketplace. Hot damn, are you finding deals? I'm finding a lot of frustration. A great deal of it, you might say. Really? But why? You know, once upon a time, when Craigslist was king, may its weary head rests light, you used to be able to get secondhand items at a great deal. People would say, very realistically, well, I've had this for a while, and it is not new, so I will charge less for it. Particularly if the object itself is of a very recent vintage, say, the last ten or five years. Extremely so, that. And you know what is more is if the item was from a shop that was already a discount shop to begin with, well, that would decrease the savings pretty significantly. Is this no longer the case, dude? This is super no longer the case. But what has happened? (laughs) So I wanted to talk a little bit about antiques and holding value and what does and what doesn't. (laughs) And uh, let's get this one very much right the hell out of the way. Ikea isn't antique. I don't even think it's been around long enough to be called vintage. Or certainly nobody has any pieces that are because IKEA was already introduced as a minimum cost alternative to other sources of furniture. Which means they weren't really built to last. No, they were built to make good use of particle board. Yeah, they were meant to be sturdy, certainly, up to a point. But above anything else, they will say this on their own website, they were meant to cut the absolute most costs. Now, do you have a quick example of an item you were perusing on the Facebook of Marketplace? Why, yes! Um... (laughs) Honey, you should ask... There are some platform beds. Uh, I enjoy a platform bed. It can be really difficult to find an antique bed in the kind of shape, aesthetic, and sturdiness that I want, so I've kind of eschewed that option. I like IKEA's beds. They are pretty solid. They are, unfortunately, also very expensive. So, to this Facebook marketplace I went, and wouldn't you know, I found one for the low, low cost of... $400. But what was the original retail price of this item? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Now, perhaps I am being unkind. Perhaps this was a $1,000 IKEA item. Uh, And I'm being extremely judgmental. The original price from 2021, which, if you need help, was two years ago, was $449. You're getting a discount of almost 50 entire dollars, D. Two years later... Two years of what I have to assume is use with your human body, which expels fluid, and a discount of $49. But D, don't forget, it's also way more inconvenient an item to move because it's been assembled. And being made of cheap particle board, if you disassemble it, it will shatter into dust. Whoa, hot dog. So now you have something that's harder to move for a discount of $49. Wow, so what you're saying is that it's lacking the original value of the IKEA piece, which was that it comes in small, multiple containers, easy to transport to my apartment? Indeed. And yet is still somehow managing to, in their deluded mind, maintain the exact same value as if it were? Minus $49. I'm assuming that's the convenience fee. <laughs> oh, and by the way, it's it's like a trundle type bed. So it's also heavy as balls because that has an entire mechanism in it. A mechanism that is not packed up safe in a little cardboard box, but has instead been assembled and can come loose or be damaged in movement. Yeah. Last time someone had one for a reasonable price and I contacted them to see if 
it was uh, disassembled for movement and they said, well, maybe you could get an Uber XL. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, 30 minutes away, you figure out how much an Uber XL would cost for that. More than $49. It sure the fuck would. (laughs) (laughs) This got me stressed out because I don't understand where you come up with numbers like this. But D, it was an Ikea Malm full slash double storage bed in white. (laughs) The Malm and the Brimini's are my favorite um, flavor of Ikea. Imagine trying to get a full, an assembled full bed frame into your Honda Fit. Now you can fit a lot shocking amount of things in a Fit. A full size bed frame is not one of them. Yeah, no, it's very much not. And I would think even the Uber XL would have a hard time transporting something that big. Yeah, uh, here we go. We've got another example, right? Uh, that just popped up on my You Might Be Looking For, the Hemnes TV unit. Now they're asking $250. Uh, maybe worth noting, they're in the middle of fucking nowhere. $250 is a lot for a TV unit. I wonder how much it cost originally. $330. Well, that's a discount of almost 100 smackaroos right there. I... For the low, low cost of getting it to and from there yourself. And also, <laughs> it's way bigger than it would be if you bought it directly from Ikea and way harder to move. Imagine pivoting that up your staircase. I've been inside your staircase. I would not want to move anything up it. My best bet would be to rent a crane and try to get it in through the window. I mean, you're talking to the proud owner of uh, several refrigerators that were destroyed on their way up. (laughs) The funniest thing about this one is that in the description, they describe how they're selling it because they can't reasonably take it with them. And it's like, I don't know if you thought about this, mon frere. So you know it's difficult to move. You are aware (laughs) firsthand that in its present condition, it is difficult to move this item. And yet, you think that inconvenience is not worth a discount of more than a hundred dollars. A hundred dollars, which again, would not cover the cost of hiring someone else to move it. It's, It's really nuts. It's next level nuts. Now you might be saying, well, I don't know what to say to that. Because I sure as fuck don't. I remember a time where if something was particularly inconvenient to move, people would offer it to you for free for the price of your labor. For the price of they don't have to pay a disposal fee or a dumpster. Or pay for the city's fees for leaving it out there when you leave. But what about luxury goods? For a long time, shopping secondhand has been the number one way us peons can get our little mitts on luxury goods. Such as Ikea. (laughs) Such as Ikea, apparently. It holds its fucking value better than your standard Picasso. But what about a luxury brand like, say, West Elm? Now, what is West Elm? I am going to call it a luxury brand, but I don't think it's in any way earned that title. Okay. They call themselves a modern furniture and home decor featuring inspiring designs and colors company. It rolls off the tongue. They also call themselves responsibly sourced and expertly crafted. I think they can be both of those things if they believe in themselves. They are also owned by the exact same company as Pottery Barn, Williams Sonoma. (laughs) Now, when I think quality, I think Pottery Barn. When I think luxury, I think the fucking Pottery Barn. Or Williams-Sonoma, my favorite catalog to buy things that I could get at Target, but for $100 more. Now, maybe this money is going into the design, but from a quick scan of their catalog, I'm not seeing Sorry, I am coming at this from a point where I am deeply biased against minimalist design. But yes, everything here is very simple baby shapes, rounded corners, and beige. So I don't know where the money's going, frankly. Yeah, it's, um, what's more is that you can actually pretty quickly find out 
from asking anyone's opinion on the internet that the quality is extremely bad. On a subreddit for interior design, someone asks about opinions on West Elm furniture because they are looking for a couch and they have a budget of under $1,000, which I would weep if I ever had enough money that I could consider that, but hey, I'm glad they're doing better than me. And the response was, how long do you think you're going to keep this couch? If the answer is several years, then do not buy West Elm. Wow. It is great for staging a home or trends, but not for keeping your furniture. Who is impulse buying furniture that isn't for keeps? Who Who is this for? Who is this for? <laughs> Apparently, it's just for, like, large real estate companies, because I could see that if you are a large luxury real estate company, then I could see getting cheap furniture for staging. Okay. Cheap quality. I mean, it's not cheap on the price tag, but it is very trend forward, so. I hesitate to describe a total lack of any strong design sensibility in any direction as a trend. Well, the other thing about that is that uh, <laughs> a style so void of style that it becomes its own kind of style is very real estate. That's very true. <laughs> Someone responded to that with, I'm seconding this. My urban sofa is looking pretty bad after two years of daily use. I paid $1,200. If I were putting a price tag on it, I would pay about $700 for it, to be honest. That's an insane thing to say, but we are talking to people who shop at West Elm, so. Incredible. Couches are tough when it comes to quality, have yet to find one that is truly great for the one to $1.2,000 mark. Holmes, I have my current couch is my sister's couch from eight years ago, and it's great. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are fucking talking about. I purchased a West Elm couch a few years ago. Within a week, we heard a loud crack while sitting on it. <laughs> well, that's what you want to hear when you paid $1,000. Within a week! <laughs> Within a week. Called customer service and they sent out a repair technician. The repair man was great, but told us that all the furniture was made in China, was of very poor quality, and does not last. That's coming out of the mouth of a guy who has to fix these things all the time. I just... <laughs> So it's fancy Ikea. It's Ikea with an upcharge because it's not called Ikea. Well, now they've painted way more things gold. And if that's not luxury, I don't know what is. I have a whole new respect for people who deck out their houses in Ethan Allen. Ethan Allen at least looks like something, right? And like, I'll give it Ethan Allen pieces I think we're going to be seeing in 75 years in antique stores. We're seeing them in antique stores now. <laughs> the company started in 1932, but... I would like for them to stop. <laughs> for the most part, but... <laughs> but yeah, Ethan Allen, like, that's at least good solid wood. Like, the stuff, it's not my style, but it, it's someone's. Arguably, West Elm is someone's style. It's mid-century modern minus the personality, which is what really bugs me about it. It's mid-century modern tempered with unflavored oatmeal. I'm just gonna apologize if anyone is, like, in love with West Elm. Like, I'm sorry for a variety of reasons. <laughs> to you. We encourage you to develop taste and or a personality. I think you should look into actual mid-century antiques instead and really just start living with the beauty that comes from quirkiness. But so once upon a time, getting things secondhand was my and many other people's favorite way to get things that were a luxury product, big ticket, for prices we could afford. You know, I actually have quite a bit of Calvin Klein clothing that I've thrifted. Yeah, same. And uh, Calvin Klein clothing is still actually somewhat good quality, so there's that. But out of curiosity, upon seeing a couple of designs that I did like from West Elm, I'll be honest, but I thought that they were from Target before I read the description. <laughs> <laughs> they were nice in that just sort of clean line blank way where I was like, well, that won't fuck things up in the room too bad. I found the West Elm Zane bookcase 
for $200. And I looked at it and I said, well, that's almost certainly particle board. So I don't know that it's worth that. It's particle board on a wire frame. Give it some credit. It's a painted gold frame. Ooh. And everyone knows gold is luxury. And what's more is I can confirm this because the piece in question is covered in chips. So you can see the material underneath. It retails for 600 fucking dollars for a white particle board shelf. Now, again, I've got bookshelves from Target for $20 that look functionally identical to this. Yeah, that's the thing. And are made from the exact same material. <laughs> There's a reason I thought it was from Target. <laughs> it's because it looks exactly like my Target bookshelves. <laughs> Which are, don't get me wrong, very functional and have several sets of books on them, but... $600, it's only a year old, and it is riddled with physical imperfections caused by use. Yeah, $600 is what I spent on the books, not on the shelves. I mean, I... <laughs> if that ratio has become inverted, there is a problem. I would be the pampered chef if I spent on home goods what I spend on books, but... <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know about anyone else, but when you use a bookshelf, you don't usually incur a lot of damage to its surface. So I'm struggling to see how this happened. Like, maybe if you're storing your, like, pointiest cast iron antiques? <laughs> Only my sharpest antiques. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, granted, you can use a bookshelf for things that aren't books. But I'm struggling to think of what things would make it look like you took it out back and tried to use it as a goal to practice hockey, you know? Yeah, that's... You have to work hard to do that much damage to a bookshelf unless it's truly shittily made. But D, it's West Elm. Surely it can't be shittily made. It couldn't... Couldn't be. <laughs> I just... There is a console, like a TV console, which helpfully the people who have it up for sale have shown me that they actually just hung the TV on the wall over it. So... Wait, so... Wait, I've got a couple wait. of questions there about why you needed a console. Wait. <laughs> wait. Wait. What? Wait. So... Okay, so they're demonstrating for you that this object does not fulfill the purpose it was set out for. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not actually, like, wide enough. Oh my god. <laughs> if I wanted to hold my TV, I, I couldn't. Wow. Then again, actually, the, the more I'm looking at this picture, I missed this the first time because I was so shocked. They seem to have mounted their TV over a door. I hope that's not where they keep their disappointments room. Wow. Now, this is MDF, commonly known as particle board, and sheet metal, very thin sheet metal, black powder coating, which is the cheapest of all the powder coatings, uh, with the gold hardware, which, um, you know, it's the easiest thing to make gold. How much would you pay for the 60-inch long metal console that doesn't actually hold your TV? Like, maybe 20 bucks if I saw it on the side of the road and had an empty car. No include that even in really nicely lit photos you can see that the powder coating on the metal is already scuffed away on the edges yeah 20 bucks okay um it's 500 dollars now this is the shelf that is 600 now uh this is 900 dollars new incredible ah but it's got glides wooden glides on the shelves is that why it's so scuffed up because they were constantly sliding the shelves in and out and they can't even stand up to the basic wear and tear they were intended for well certainly not from the tv <laughs> <laughs> I get that this is sort of almost contradicting my earlier point in that, like, I guess to be fair, 500 is clearly a smaller number than 900. 
And these discounts are pretty steep discounts. But the fact that you paid 900 for it in the first place. That's the thing. Do you have any idea how many antiques you can get for $900? Do you have any idea how much of your house you can furnish with $900 if you just go to an antique store? I mean, I just got a table for, what was it? I paid $65 for a hardwood table. Is this the card table? Yeah, the card table you helped me pick up. And it's how old? This is anywhere from 95 to 100 years. And it's got all the original fixtures and... It still folds up and folds out like a card table ought to do? Yeah, it's got some minor finish wear, but uh, nothing that like a little oil soap and maybe some rest of fin can't fix. Incredible. It's very sturdy. Now what would this cost us if I still... <laughs> With the full knowledge that it will not last five years, much less 95. I mean, $900. No, no, D, it's not a shelf, it's a table. Surely it would be at least 1000 There's a dining set that was $3,400. Well, that includes chairs, surely. It does, yeah. It was a table that's just one of those slab tables, like you might see at one of those pubs where you're forced to sit next to people. <laughs> and the chairs are like white cup chairs with brass fixtures, like you might see in a Bond villain's room, to be 100% honest with you. It's a weird thing to sit at a dining table with all, all said and done. But very mid-century modern. And I mean, they're only asking $1,250. Wow. So yeah, um, in conclusion, buy antiques. It's a much better use of your money and you'll get things that will last longer than five years. All right. There's a little thing about me is I love, they're called bar carts now. They were called tea carts when that was the most popular thing to do with them. I love tea carts. It's a little rolly cart you can stack things on and sweep from room to room easily. Yeah, yeah. I grew up reading the American Girls. Samantha was my favorite for the obvious reason of I'm a huge nerd who loves the Victorian era. Even though she's Edwardian, but you know. Well, <laughs> they say on the books that she's Victorian. They say it. <laughs> do they? I think so, yeah. Do they? I'm checking. Or at least I thought that when I was a kid and I just never updated my knowledge. So the internet describes her as Victorian. Yeah, yeah. See, everyone thought that. Which is interesting because she's an American girl doll and we were never ruled by Victoria. So she's clearly Gilded Age. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, no, she lives through the Boston Tea Party, which, yeah, that completely rules that out. No. No. That's not Samantha. That's Felicity. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Because she has like a whole subplot about turning down an offer of tea because she's a patriot but also you know the revolutionary war wasn't victorian right you know it's all coming to me now that uh you would think someone who loves antiques as much as i do would be better at history and i'm not well you're not (laughs) you know we balance each other out well on this podcast in terms of what we each do and don't know yeah, yeah, history for me is like, for you, you can see like the big puzzle of history. And for me, if you give me a decade, I can tell you a lot about that. And you're like, cool, cool, cool. Where's that fit in with world history? And I'll look at you and be like, ah, I think the dinosaurs might have just died. <laughs> and you can do both, which makes you like a lot more uh, smart, I think. So I'm on the fandom wiki for American Girl Dolls and I have the facts. <laughs> I'm not going to let you spread lies about Samantha. Quote, while Samantha was initially marketed by Pleasant Company and later American Girl as from the Victorian era, Queen Victoria died in 1901 and the series starts in 1904. Okay, the marketing's all, I didn't own them. I read the books and looked at the catalogs. So that's how I came away with that idea, I think. So she's Edwardian if she were British, which she isn't. So she is properly a Gilded Age doll. American Girl, come at me. Wow. American Girl, come fucking speak on your crimes you like ken is redressing you and you've earned it and you made me look stupid it's your fault you thought that the american revolution took place in the edwardian it's era your fault i'm no good at ap history
I'll expect my college tuition in my inbox in the morning. So yeah, in conclusion, buy antiques. <laughs> it's a bar cart, right. <laughs> uh, one's a tea cart. So I love these things. So obviously I pay a lot of attention to them when I see them. And let me tell you, when uh, you go to a nice big antique store, we are generally riddled with them. Now, I found a cute bar cart. Gold with mirrored glass. Pretty standard design. Goes well with dark wood. $180. And I think, okay, um, that's too much. What makes you think that you deserve that? Well, it's because the original price was $550. Now, now. Surely an antique tea cart could not cost much less. Surely. Yeah, it's not, it's not like I've had a variety throughout my life for $20 or less. The thing about tea is that it didn't stop being popular until like the 1950s. They made tea carts for a good long while. No, no. The brain poison doesn't stop at new things, as I'm finding out the hard way. Oh? Now, for the most part, when I see mispriced antiques, that's really easy to understand. It is a difficult area of knowledge. That's why we even do this podcast, partially. But there are some things that everyone knows. Things like broken things aren't worth money. Or at least not as much money. You're saying a lot of words. Well, the thing is that condition is directly tied to value. Interesting. I found a table base, solid oak, very nice, very nice, carved lion heads and lion-shaped legs. You know I'm into that. I love it. Obviously, this is just the base. This table doesn't even have a top. I have a lot of work to do on this puppy. Kitty, it's lions. What would you pay for that? It's got a busted off toe on one of the legs. One of the lion's faces is shorn off with the raw wood underneath. And um, I can't help but impress upon you that it is only half of the table. I mean, it's all hardwood. So I would say probably $20 at least, maybe up to 50 if it was wicked pretty and I already knew someone who could fix it. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of pretty close. I would pay, I think I would pay 100 Honestly, it's pretty handsome. It looks hand carved. Uh, it's definitely got its ills, but I'm a pretty crafty person. I could probably figure my way around it. They want $400. Interesting. How very droll they are today on the internet. <laughs> it's difficult. Obviously, this one's touchier because I think if this were in perfect condition and perhaps had a top, 400 would be fair. It's very pretty. It's hand-carved. It's solid oak. But someone has failed to consider that which creates value in an object. One of them being, how much work do I have to do now that it's in my possession? Maybe it's not supposed to become a full table. Maybe it's a $400 art piece that you place in the center of your living room for conversation purposes only. It looks pretty sharp on the top. Is this like one of those like concept pieces that are supposed to hurt you? Yeah, you're supposed to hurt the way the table hurt when it was chopped apart. <laughs> that has got to be the weirdest thing you've ever said. It cannot be. It's got to be. We've done almost 300 episodes. That cannot possibly be the weirdest thing I've ever said here. It was pretty weird, my man. <laughs> So it sounds like no one on Facebook Marketplace knows the value of anything. Absolutely God's damned anything. <laughs> now, if this problem were happening on Craigslist as well, I couldn't say because unfortunately Craigslist's downfall has come along with it being a hive of automobile spam. It pains me to say I don't like using Craigslist anymore. In my opinion, Craigslist has become less and less usable as time goes on. For example, I typed an enamel table into Craigslist and got motorcycles? Yeah, there's enamel on there somewhere. Yeah, I mean, they're enameled. Largely, though, when I do see things on Craigslist, it is cheaper. And again, when you see things in any given antique store, they're cheaper. They're extremely cheap, yeah. You can get marble-topped tables for less than they are charging you for busted West Elm. Oh, God, yeah. And I have. And it will be easier to move than the already assembled Ikea. I got my boyfriend a mahogany marble top plant stand for $50, like, and that's real materials that will last forever if you take care of it. They've already lasted for some time. Yeah, they've made it a pretty good long time. 
So I'm wondering, this is an open-ended question, where is this coming from, and when did everyone collectively lose their mind about how things retain value? Social media and social media. I'll accept both of those. I'm going to throw in one more factor. I think the, what I'm going to call the used vehicle pricing crisis, because back in my day, when you were explaining to someone why something wasn't worth as much as they thought it was, you would invoke the car metaphor, which is that when you buy a new car, the second you drive it off the lot, it loses half of its value in that moment. That means less, I think, to the general public as a concept when a used car can be $20,000. It also means less in an age where people believe that Teslas accrue value with every software update. Yeah, I think, I just think that like a lot of things about the way our perception of how things are valued has gotten skewed by things like this. Like when the housing market and the used car market look the way they do, that's going to affect our idea of how much things should continue to cost and how much money we need to continue to get by. That said, much in the same way that a new car loses half its value the instant you drive it off the lot, an Ikea piece of furniture loses half of its value the minute you finish assembling it because you have removed all of its convenience. Yeah, let me tell you, people will pay a box price if you have it in the box. But you don't. <laughs> Then that might be like, oh, this is so convenient. You're you're closer to me. You're in New Bedford. How helpful. I'm going to go get that for the same price as Ikea would charge because that's useful. <laughs> but once you assemble it, first of all, let's be real. Assembling it does damage to the piece. We've all seen it. It does. And also, they're not assembled in a way that they can be disassembled without being destroyed. Once you get it out of the box, you can't get it back in the same way. Yeah, I think Ikea is the car rule and then some. I would say, yeah, they lose easily half their value the second you assemble them. And you have to keep in mind that the longer you have it, unless it has something special, I don't know if like Russell Crowe rubbed his ass on it a bit and you've got pictures to prove that, it's not going to hold or gain value as time goes on. Unless it's well made, which West Elm isn't. Yeah, things that are well made and or extremely beautiful have the capability of holding and accruing value over time. But one of the rules of that is that they have to be able to exist through that time. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you again, have you ever seen vintage Ikea? No, because it didn't make it that far. And yes, the company has been around long enough for that to be a possibility. But yeah, so that's going to be your first question is, is it going to make it that far? And why don't you want it? Here's a, yeah, here's a fun question. Why don't you want it? If the reason you don't want it is because you can't move it, consider that the person who buys it from you will also be unable to move it. Yeah, this is like part of the piano conundrum where people are largely more aware that moving it is a pain in the ass, which is why a lot of pianos are free. And yet the Ikea costs more than the pianos. <laughs> So yeah, just if you've got relatives who use Facebook Marketplace and they're asking for pricing help, start them off with a car metaphor and then remind them that things lose value as time goes on unless, again, you've got those pictures of Russell Crowe's bare ass on it. In which case, no price too high, call me. And consider the extremely useful phrase, priced to move. Priced to move is the best phrase in the business. Which means charging a reasonable if low price for something because that will make Make it sell faster and get it out of your way quicker. Exactly right. So if you're going to insist on a certain price, you also can't get mad at how long it'll sit in your possession. 
just be realistic. If you've gotten use out of it and it's not a fine piece that's- If you're not gonna think of it, if you wouldn't have it as an heirloom for your own family, then maybe consider just sort of letting it go at a, a more reasonable price that'll get it out of your home. If you've got a couple hundred dollars to burn on redecorating your apartment, consider buying antiques. Consider buying antiques. If you've got less than that, consider antiques. If you would like to suggest an episode topic or just say hello, you can email us directly antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com or post on our Facebook group antiquesfreaksfriends or tag us on Tumblr antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com or check out our Instagram at instagram.com slash antiquesfreaks. If you liked me making fun of you for how much you enjoy West Elm furniture, feel free to scroll on down to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a five-star review. That's my specific kink, you might say. Five stars! And if you would like to pick up a wide variety of vintage and antique goods priced much more reasonably than West Elm, consider our Etsy at etsy.com slash shop slash antiquesfreaks. And if you need more Antiques Freaks in your week, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks, where every week we read and review a chapter of Victorian Penny Dreadful, Varney the Vampire, The Feast of Blood. Special thanks to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right, you. Au revoir. Goodbye.